Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled King Azaria is Stricken with Leprosy. It shall be focused on the study of 2 Kings chapter 15. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see in this scripture you striking King Azaria with leprosy because he did not follow your word fully. Where you had ordered, where you wanted him, Lord, to get rid of all the high places and the places where the people burnt incense. And so, Father, you strike him with leprosy as judgment. We also thank you, Father, that you took on the judgment in our stead. And so we, by accepting you as the perpetuation for our sins, we become righteous. Not righteous because of any of our doing, but righteous through faith which you gave us as a gift. So we have no glory in and of our own selves. We thank you, Lord, for all your graciousness unto us, which is unmerited favor. Speak to us today for the remainder of the day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Kings chapter 15. Chapter 15. In the twenty and seventh year of Jeroboam king of Israel, began Azariah son of Amaziah king of Judah to reign. Sixteen years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned two and fifty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done, save that the high places were not removed. The people sacrificed and burned incense still, on the high places. And the Lord smote the king, so that he was a leper until the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house. And Jotham, the king's son, was over the house, judging the people of the land. And the rest of the acts of Azariah, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David, and Jotham his son reigned in his stead. In the thirty and eighth year of Azariah king of Judah did Zechariah the son of Jeroboam reign over Israel in Samaria six months. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And Shalom the son of Jabesh conspired against him, and smote him before the people, and slew him and reigned in his stead. And the rest of the acts of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. This was the word of the Lord, which he spake unto Jehu, saying, Thy son shall sit on the throne of Israel unto the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. Shalom the son of Jabesh began to reign in the nine and thirtieth year of Uzziah king of Judah. And he reigned a full month in Samaria. For Menahem, the son of Gadai, went up from Tirzah and came to Samaria, and smote Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and slew him, and reigned in his stead. And the rest of the acts of Shalom and his conspiracy which he made, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. Then Menahem smote Tipsah, and all that were therein, and the coast thereof from Tirzah, because they opened not to him. Therefore he smote it, and all the women therein that were with child he ripped up. In the nine and thirtieth year of Azariah king of Judah, 
began Menahem the son of Gadai to reign over Israel, and reigned ten years in Samaria. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not all his days from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And Pul, the king of Assyria, came against the land. And Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver, that his hand might be with him to confirm the kingdom in his hand. And Menahem exacted the money of Israel, even of all the mighty men of wealth, of each man fifty shekels of silver, to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back, and stayed not there in the land. And the rest of the acts of Menahem, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pekahiah his son reigned in his stead. In the fiftieth year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekahiah the son of Menahem began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and reigned two years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. But Pekah the son of Remaliah, a captain of his, conspired against him, and smote him in Samaria in the palace of the king's house, with Argob and Aria, and with him fifty men of the Gileadites. And he killed them, and reigned in his room. And the rest of the acts of Pekahiah, and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. In the two and fiftieth year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekah the son of Remaliah began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and reigned twenty years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and took Ijon, and Abel Bethmaacah, and Genoah, and Kedish, and Hazor, and Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and carried them captive to Assyria. And Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and smote him, and slew him, and reigned in his stead in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Isaiah. And the rest of the acts of Pekah, and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, began Jotham, the son of Isaiah, king of Judah, to reign. Five and twenty years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Howbeit the high places were not removed. The people sacrificed and burned incense still in the high places. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days the Lord began to send against Judah Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David his father. And Ahaz his son reigned in his stead. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Demonology. This was preached in 1953 on November the 20th. We shall begin in paragraph 1 up to paragraph 22. I trust you find it to be a blessing.
confession that since a little boy and when I was a first converted and when I met up with the, the people, the full gospel people, I've always had in my heart that there was something different. And when the angel of the Lord met me, and how many was in my primitive meetings when I first started? Is there anybody here was in my first meetings when I first started how I'd take the people by the hand? You remember that? All right. And you heard me say that it would come to pass, that he told me that it would come to pass if I'd be sincere, then I would, I would know the very secrets of the people's heart. You remember him saying that? I didn't work. It wasn't then, but he said it would be. Well, now that's taking place. And he told me, I told him, I said, I questioned it. And he said, I'll be with you. Well, that's always been one consolation that I've known that he was here. I've often heard people say, Brother Bram, won't you take the initiative side? Go right out there and just take the side and rebuke the enemy. I was afraid to because I, I suppose maybe I'd... I maybe had seen something that I should not have seen. And I do realize, friends, with all sincerity, that this is not just a, a drama, a stage show. We're in church, and it's, it's the power of Almighty God. And it's the demon spirits are on people. It's, if I tell Christians that, now I don't mean it. You say, I got the Holy Ghost, Brother Branham. I ain't got no demon. Well, now, I don't say demon possession. It's demon oppression, you see. Uh, Satan in the flesh, not Satan in the spirit. Satan in the spirit gives unclean habits and so forth. Unbelief. You might live just as pure and holy and clean and yet be a sinner. It's your faith that saves you. See? Many people live just as pure and clean and yet a lot cleaner sometimes than people who profess Christians live but yet would deny the Holy Ghost, would deny every operation of the power of God. They're unbelievers. No matter, they're very religious. And the Antichrist spirit is a very religious spirit, just to the mark, just as religious as it can be. The Antichrist. Jesus even said it would deceive the very elect, if possible, in the last days. That's true. Now, so then it behooves you to know where you're where you're doing, where you're standing, what you're talking to. Now, Ben, that I've made this much confession, I'm going to tell you something I've never told publicly in an audience in my life knowingly, unless it's under the Spirit sometimes, because I do things then, I don't know what I'm doing. But on the platform, many, many times, I see the Spirit that leads the person. And they're in all kinds of shapes. I'm fixing up a book on demonology of what I know about it myself, in my personal uh, uh, dealings with demons. They're beings. They're just not just some thought like Christian science says. It's actually a being. And you see it when it leaves a person, like a black shadow. I, I've seen them, they look, some of them look like bats about that long, got long hairs hanging down. I've seen them like that. I've seen them like tortoises and like great big spiders that weigh 50 pounds or something, great big shadow-like, and it leaves the people. Usually that's epilepsy. And it, it goes right over the audience. And Almighty God, who we're preaching about, and surely to be in the deepest of sincerity, I've seen those things move over the audience. 
And I've seen them sometimes when the congregation would be just in one accord, but they'd see that thing themselves many times. Hundreds and hundreds of people would see it move. And therefore, it must take the very deepest of sincerity. It isn't a bluff. You can't bluff the devil at all. He won't bluff. But whenever you really can produce the, the blood of Jesus Christ, Satan can't stand before that. Uh, that's just as true. Well, now, here's what I've often wondered. And thank you for bearing with me tonight to explain it. Here's what I've often wondered. I notice we've got a great group of ministers back here, which I'm very happy for them to be here, my brethren. And I've often wondered and seen people come to the meetings that have been through meetings, went through prayer lines, and the first thing you know, they wind up up there at the house. Some of them possessed with evil spirits. They've been through there. They've been prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and oil poured on their head and prayed for and through this prayer. But yet it hangs right on. Now there's some reason somewhere. If you know that there's such a thing as divine healing, don't you? And you know that there's no hard case with God. Well, God healed leprosy the same as it would a toothache. See? It's all under the atonement. But when you look in reading articles, this person was sitting paralyzed, healed. Here's another with uh, maybe with a, a last stage of cancer, just withered away. They're made well. Then see another person maybe with just a, a persistent headache or something and just been through prayer line after prayer line. There's something wrong somewhere. There's bound to be. Now that's where the benefit of the little humble gift that God gave me, if I can get that person alone and quiet and before God, it'll reveal just exactly what's the matter. It's something that they haven't done or something that they ought to have done. There's some reason for it somewhere. But you must find that. Then the patient go makes it right. They get well. How many times has that happened? God only knows. Thousands of times. That people who come filled with the Holy Spirit, Sunday school teachers and everything, and yet way back down the line somewhere, something had happened. Here the Holy Spirit reveals that right up, tells them just exactly what, well, I remember that, that's just exactly right, and away they go and make it right, that settles the sickness. See? Well, that's the reason, or the disease or affliction or whatever it is, well, that's the reason that the little gift that God gave comes in so wonderfully in the church. But you go to doing that over an audience of people, well then each individual must have that same contact or they don't feel they're prayed for. They just don't do it. I've tried it eight years. And you've heard me say in Owensboro, down in Africa, once I could stand here under the Spirit of God and someone sitting out in there, it would discern one thing. Tell the person what was wrong or something another like that. Every person would do just exactly what you told them to do. If they were laying twisted, bound up, they'd be wiggling and trying their best to get off the cot. Or do, and they'd keep doing it until they could do it, to get up. No defeat with them there. But in America, it never did work just right. It's just, it's so much teaching in America. So many different teachings. See, each one has their own idea. They say, now my pastor said, that that man was a spiritualist. Well, that settles it with you. Oh, you say, I don't believe that now, Brother Bram, but way down in that subconscious, it's still there. 
you usually move by your subconscious. Just like a big ship going out to sea. The captain gives orders to a little man that goes down in the bowels of the ship. And he don't see nothing. He just operates the way orders come from above. He don't go, he says, stir this way or turn this way or full speed ahead or back up. He just works according to what the man does up here. Well, usually, that, that's the way your subconscious works. It stirs you. When up here, you're trying to think this, but way down here, there's something else moves you. Now, I know that. I've called the patients, but there's thousands on the platform. With a, say, Brother Branham, I believe that with all my heart. Yes, Brother Branham, I believe that. And yet, down in there, I think, God, if they believed it down here like they did up here, it would be different. See? But they believe it up here, but don't down here. So that, that won't work. This year will overrule that called subconscious to move on. You'll try to walk out with a mental conception that glory to God, I'm healed, praise the Lord, I'm healed. And right down in here, that isn't saying so. So finally, this just rules that right away. And when symptoms arise, then you say, well, I just didn't get it. <laughs> See? There's where it's at. This has got to be with this. And this and this has got to be with that. <laughs> See what I mean? And then the healing takes place. Then you... Your soul and your mind and all is in cooperation with God and the channel of God's blessing just flows right into you and heals you. Just got to. Now, <clears throat> I've noticed that. And I've been very particular on what I was doing. I'd always wait. Perhaps maybe God put that curse on, let Satan put it on. God don't put a curse on no one. But sometimes he'll permit Satan to do it. He did on Job and many of them, you know. Satan puts a curse. God doesn't. God's love. But if you do something wrong, then you're just loose to Satan for some whipping. And then when this curse is on you, and then perhaps maybe, what if by power of attorney that you go back and take the curse off that God wills that it stays on there until this thing's made right? Then what about it? Then you're in trouble with God. Is that right? You're in trouble with God. Like a woman come on the platform there in Durban. She walked up, great big, strong, healthy-looking woman. The Holy Spirit spoke to her, told her who she was, where she come from, what her name was. And where she'd been, who her husband was, told her she had a cyst on the womb. She said, that's exactly right. I said, prepare for death, for you're not going to live but a few minutes. In 15, 20 minutes' time, she's a corpse. They packed her right away. See, I never speak that when I see death around the person. I just pray for them and go on. Because I don't know, but this time I've seen the funeral procession taking her out, and God had already said so, so that settled it. You see, I know she's going to die. So she died just, she died yet on the ground. She just walked down, sat down, sat there a few minutes, and pitched right over her head. Just this normal, healthy woman, little cyst on the, on the female organ. That's all was wrong with her. But she died. And it just forced me. Now, if I'd have been a healer, I'd have healed her. I couldn't heal her. God's the one you have to obey what He says to then, and all of that, that's the reason. You remember Moses, who smote the rock when he was supposed to speak to it? How many remembers that story? You ministers do. He certainly got in trouble, didn't he? He didn't get to go over in a promised land. God just took him out of it. So, no, come aside, Moses. Called up the hillside. There he died. The angel took and buried him. And many other stories in the Bible like that. So try to be very careful. But there's one thing that I've always thought about. That God, by the power of his death at Calvary, 
has given to the church power to cast out evil spirits. Because Mark 16 said, In my name they shall cast out, not I will, they will. In my name they shall cast out devils. Is that right? If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Now that laying hands on the sick has been one thing. I've often wondered, as I said, there's not a mother in here but knows what laying hands on the sick is. Let your little baby be sick and you pat it and play with it a little bit, how it quietens it. Did you ever have a horse that was nervous and upset or something, or your dog just patting this a little bit? Put your hands on him, rub him. See what I mean? Now, as a power of God by laying hands on the sick, because it's a, it's a commandment of Jesus Christ to do so. And last Tuesday, or night before last, three nights ago it's been, I suppose when I was at Brother Vibbert's church, which I knew that was going to be the night that we used to be at Brother Vibbert's church, I think which was Tuesday night, Brother Vibbert and I are close relations. And I thought, if I was wrong, I wanted God to forgive me, and I'm sure Brother Vibbert would too. But I wanted to see a showdown one time. Just a perfect showdown against Satan. For I've had some experiences without vision. And I remember at Portland, Oregon, when that maniac ran out on the platform three times my size. I weighed 128 pounds. He weighed about 260. Seven foot tall. Great, huge fellow. He come across the platform swinging his arms like that, cursing me and spitting in my face, and said, you impose yourself to be a man of God. said, I'll break every bone in that little frail body of yours. Well, he was plenty able to do it, but humanly speaking. Now, I just led two little police to Christ. They run out to grab him. I said, this is not a flesh and blood affair. And no more than I had said that, but something on the inside of me lifted up. And I knew he was whipped right then because God had, had said so. And he come across the platform, and he stopped out about five feet from me, and he just spit and just flew all over my face. He said, you snake in the grass, you hypocrite, said, stand up here, 6,500 people seated beside just up and down the street. He said... I'll just break every bone in your body. And he shook his big fist and all his great huge arm. His eyes began to roll around, his teeth set together. And, he, he, and these police found out that he broke a, a jawbone in the shoulder of a minister the day before, and they had a search warrant to get him, or a warrant to get him, rather, right away. He was out of an insane institution. He just didn't like preachers. He just hit them, everything. So he thought then he could do it. And when he run up there... And how the Holy Spirit leading. Well, I know at that moment, now without a vision first, something said to me, don't be afraid. I, when he come to me, I thought of what that angel said. I'll be with you. I thought, if you're here, which you said you'd be, then what's he? How will this uncircumcised Philistine defy the living God? So he come on up towards me, and he said, I'll break every bone in your body. And he drew back his fist. I said, because you've challenged the Spirit of God to
tonight you'll fall over my feet. I didn't know I said that. That was the Spirit talking. It done took over then. So there was both challenges. And he run to me. He said, I'll show you whose feet I'll fall over. And he drew back his great big fist like that, and he already said spellbound. And just as he drew back his fist, I said, Satan, come out of him. And he threw his hands back like that. His eyes bulged way out like that and rolled around. He threw his head back and spun around the floor and fell on my feet so that the police had to come roll him off my feet before I could move right across the platform. He was perfectly de- laying there. The police said, is that man dead? I said, no, sir. Said, is he healed? I said, no, sir. He worships that spirit. He'd bring it right back to him because he thinks he's right. I said, he isn't healed. They rolled him over. I said, get him off my feet. He's cramping me. He's laying that big man up on my feet. I couldn't move my feet out, both of them together. And so I, I couldn't move my feet out, and they rolled him over. And I took my feet away and went on. And at that time when all them demons had seen their chief man defeated, they just begin to raise up out of wheelchairs, cots, stretchers, and everything else, and walk. That's the end of the meeting. They just everybody was healed, walked out. That was everything. See? Just now, I see. When Satan was defeated there, the whole audience believed with one accord and went out. Now, if Satan is defeated in one case, why can't they do the same thing? See. So the other night, I said to my boy, I said, "How many prayer cards did you give out?" And all that day, I just stayed under a prayer. I lived under a prayer. I, I just sat in the room. I wouldn't let Billy and them around me. I closed the door. I kept quoting. I said, the angel of God came down to me and told me when I was just a little baby, not over three minutes old. And when he hung over when I was a baby, all my life he's talked to me. He even had his picture taken on a picture. I began to quote those things back. I said, that night standing there, when he walked to me, not a vision, a man. I stood there and talked to him, the same as you. Not imagination. The man I hear him walking on the floor. He walked up just as real as I am or anybody. He stood and talked to me. He said, you were sent, born in this world to pray for sick people. He said, if you'll be sincere and then get the people to believe you, nothing will stand before your prayer. And I said, well, they won't believe me, sir. I said, I'm a poor man and live among my people who's poor and I'm uneducated. And then he began to tell me about these things that would take place. And then he said, I'll be with you. I thought, there he was. And that night in the debate when his picture was taken, where thousands of people were sitting in that big coliseum, this group here wouldn't make the choir. See? And all of them stand there. And that Baptist preacher just calling me everything in the world. I was sitting on the balcony. He didn't know I was there. Trying to make fun of Brother Bosworth. And had his picture taken, shaking his finger in Brother Bosworth's face. And they, Brother Bosworth said, I know Brother Bram Sherry wants to dismiss the audience. When I came down, I said, oh, I'm not no divine healer. I only speak of an angel of God who came and told me to pray for sick people. I said, if I testify the truth, God will testify for me. If God doesn't testify of me, then I'm wrong. I'm only testifying of myself. I said, I'm testifying of him and he'll testify of me. About that time, something went, here he comes. <laughs> right now, he was testifying about 30,000 people looking at it. And they took the picture of it. And there it was. And now his scientific world begins to move into that realm. They begin to say, that's true. That power. I thought, well, God, you, you told me to do this. Why can't I tell them in America if they can't believe these signs? Why can't you let me do something else for them? I said, God, I ask you tonight to help me and vindicate. And you heard me say it before it comes to the platform. I said, to help me. 
And that night on the platform, we called up a few. In there, we didn't get anything visibly that people could see. We called up another group, and down along the group was a first thing was a boy, and his eyes had been shot out with a dynamite cap. One eye was completely gone, amputated and tucked out. The other was hit right in the middle, and all the sight bursted out of it, totally blind. So he walked up. I prayed for the boy as sincere as I know how to pray for anybody. And there, I said, can you see, son? And a big bright light beaming down like this in his eyes. He was looking over this way to see the light. I turned his head around. I said, this is the light. He looked over that way. He said, I'm sorry, sir. I can't see a thing. Well, I remember in showdowns and places, I looked back and I thought, God, now here's a chance that I... If there's anything in my life, you take it away. If there is, I don't know anything about it. But I know that you're standing here and you promised this thing and this is your word. In my heart, I begin to dig down to get a hold of something. Faith. I turned again, put my hand over the boy's eye, and said, Satan, you who've done this evil, all the sights are bursted, every nerve's killed, he's totally blind, he can't tell daylight from dark. And there it was, and I said, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ and command that this sight comes to the boy's eyes. I hold up my hand, he screamed to grab my hand, and off the platform looking at his hands and praising God. What was it? Two women blind in their eyes come to the platform, both of them received their sight, here come a deaf man, come to the platform. The hearing come to his ears, he could hear to a whisper. What was it? That gave me consolation. When I returned from Africa, God willing, that's what it was all about yesterday, the reason I left. I'm glad I did. I thought I should go. And then he just began to choke me down. On his four old feet, just packed the gospel for before I was born. And we knelt there, and in the name of Jesus Christ, God rebuked that demon from his foot that was swell like that. It's gone now and he walked just like he always did. The Holy Spirit said to me, get to the wilderness as hard as you can. I grabbed my coat and hat and I said, Brother Bosworth, you take the pulpit. I'm gone. And I went out and stayed there until I got in connection with God. My voice come back normal. He's revealed to me that this has been going on now. It's just a little bitty thing. You wait till we return back from Africa. Watch what's taking place now. The church is rising, brother. The power of God, the tide is high. Moving on. We're going from deeper depths and higher heights. The old-fashioned apostolic Pentecostal power of God that once brought on the disciples is coming back to the disciples again. That's exactly right. And I believe that things that you've never heard about is right now in making. I just feel tonight like a new person. Just to know that his power is here. I got two more meetings to hold, one in Florida, and I heard today that's right away now we're going to Africa, the meetings are getting set, and then when I get into that and return back, I believe you're going to see a different meeting altogether. And I believe the things, I want to get a bunch of ministers and get them together. The thing of it is, if you can get preachers are moving in the Spirit of God, then you've got something going, you see. Then you, they'll take it to the church, and the church takes it here, and from there to there. 
not a new organization, but revive these that we have got back to the kingdom of God, back again to the apostolic faith. The Lord bless you, friends. I believe we were just at the verge of something. Last night, way in the night, probably when you all were in bed, I was talking to him. I could feel him. He was near me. And as sure as I believe I'm standing here tonight with this Bible before me, I believe he's going to appear visibly before me again right away, maybe before we go overseas again. Oh, I trust that he will. I've got so many things to talk to him about, and I, I, I trust that he'll appear to me. And by the time I get back, I'll have a message for you that comes straight from the throne of God. Oh, how wonderful he All right. Let's pray for the handkerchiefs now. Our Heavenly Father, what things he says, you do it. Mary talking to the servant. Lord, that's what our hope is tonight. Do just what you say do. I pray, Father, that as thou has ordained in thy Bible, and we're taught they've taken off the body of Paul, handkerchiefs or aprons. Now, we know we're not St. Paul, but we know that thou art still Jesus, the one who healed. And I ask you to heal every one of these handkerchiefs represent all the special requests everywhere that thou will heal him. Grant it, Lord, and may they get well for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your wonderful love, and we thank you, Lord, that you, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, you forgive our sins and you also bring healing to our bodies. We pray for any listeners to this episode who might be struggling from any ailment in their body. You're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we pray, Father, may your Holy Ghost tend unto them and heal them of anything that they're sick of and that it might be a testimony unto thee, Father, that we might be able to tell others of how you're, you're still the same and you operate in our lives the same way you did when your prophet was here and even way back to since the beginning of the world. We thank you, Father, that you've always created a way for healing. Even back in the Old Testament, there was the brazen serpent which they looked at and were healed. We thank you, Lord, that there was the pool of Bethesda where the waters were stirred and the first one who got in there got healed. We thank you that you walked on the shores of Galilee and you taught on the Mount of Olives and you healed the sick and opened the eyes of the blind and that was your provided way of healing too. You said, a little while the world shall see me no more, but you shall see me for I'll be with you all the way. And he said, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall ye do, for I go unto the Father. So we know that we're able to do the very same works because it's you that dwelleth in us and do the works. And so like you said, we can say, verily, verily, we'll do nothing except the Father shows us, for we, we do not, we know, Lord, that it's not us that do the works, it will be you that dwells in us that doeth the works. Be with us for the remainder of the day, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Knowing it's your strength I can